have a ball at Faneuil Hall. We love the old town team. Take the green line to the sicko sign. We love the old town team. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Old Town Podcast, an emergency edition due to Chris Sale. Uh, finally, the announcement that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Tim McMaster here, joined by Chad Jennings and Jen McCaffrey, our Red Sox beat writers here at The Athletic. And what a week after what a month and, and really what a year of 2020 it's been. Kind of for Boston sports at this point. I mean, Tom Brady leaving the Patriots earlier in the week. The Chris Sale news. There's a pandemic going on. I mean, things are things are bad in in Boston right now. Overall, from a sports angle and everything else. But uh, we're going to talk about this. What it means for the team. Um, and what it means for the rotation going forward. Hopefully, we're going to have baseball at some point in 2020 and how this is going to impact the Red Sox. Uh, if you want to save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash wickedpod and save 40%. See the great writings of Jen and Chad and everybody else we have at The Athletic. Um, I will start here because we were talking about it before the show started, but this is kind of a a brave new world as far as how to get communication across. You can't have a regular press conference right now because um, of us all social distancing and doing our best to, to fight the coronavirus. Um, and so these all these news conferences and such become phone things, um, which for the most part baseball teams have handled, but I guess with the, the mass amount of people that are trying to get involved in news like Chris Sale, uh, things get interesting uh, for the the news conference last night on the phone, right, Jane? You had to kind of lay down the law. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, just uh, we've the way that we do these things. Normally, we'd all meet at Fenway or you know JetBlue Park and have like a big press conference, and everyone would be there. But because no one can meet in person, um, these are all kind of conference calls and there's so obviously technology and people calling in and not you know muting their lines and just chaos in general so it just kind of fits the uh yeah the catastrophic uh, atmosphere of the world right now of you know everything kind of uh being all messy and uh and and confusing <laughs> so chad but jen's leaving out the the highlight right that she got everybody <laughs> calmed down yeah, she's understating this a little bit <laughs> all right all right i don't know why she's dancing around the fact she had to scold at least three dozen sports writers who couldn't handle a open conference call last night she, so it was an open line and people kind of didn't know what to say or what to do, and people were talking all over one another. And, and, uh, and like, the Red Sox, like, hadn't joined the call yet, right. so, like, the PR director and, and like, Heimblum hadn't called in, and people were confused if they should start asking questions, and it was like, all right, guys, let's get our act together. Mute your line. Let's move <laughs> yeah. on. We've all done this before. Um, all right, so, so the news is Chris Sale having the Tommy John surgery. He tried to throw again, and there was more pain. And, and Chad, they didn't even go back to having another MRI or anything, right? It was just kind of had been previously decided almost that if he throws and there's pain, it's time. Yeah, it seems like it was, uh, you know, they kind of tried everything. And, and obviously he got, you know, this last time that he kind of had the setback in early March, you know, it, it's I don't even know, you know, based on what we're hearing now is I don't, I don't even know if setback's the right word. If it was more just kind of or they were still in the same spot, you know, and the way the way Heim Bloom described it anyway was that, that, you know, you're getting MRI images that were a little bit vague. You know, it's not a, unless I think unless the ligament is just clearly torn in half, it's not necessarily a slam dunk that, oh, this is something that's going to require surgery or it's something that can be rehabbed. Um, I think back to the 
when I was covering the Yankees and Masahiro Tanaka went through it. He had a, his rookie year. He was shut down with, you know, what seems like a vaguely similar situation. And same deal. I mean, the assumption was they're just putting off the inevitable. He's going to have to have Tommy John. We all know it. You know, why are they waiting to do this? But it's he's been fine. You know, he's stayed healthy and, and he did the rest and rehab thing and he's gotten through it. So, I, you know, you can see why they wait. You know, none of these guys want to go through this. And as much as the success rate is really high, it's not a it's not an absolute given that a guy comes back from Tommy John surgery and is still an effective pitcher. So I think they waited and he tried to, to get through it. But at some point, it just wasn't working anymore. And then and they talked about just the... Uh, the total evidence, you know, that it wasn't just the imaging that they were getting on the ligament and the and the flexor tendon and all that stuff that's all kind of in the same spot. It was, you also have to take into account the, the things that he's feeling and the symptoms he's showing. And so at some point, if the imaging isn't making it absolutely clear that this is only going to be fixed by surgery, you start paying attention to, well, we've tried everything else and we've tried to rest it and that's not helping. And he's tried to just pitch through it and he's throwing 89 miles per hour and he's tried to, you know, you just keep trying things and trying things to get Chris Sale back to being Chris Sale. And at some point, if it's just not working, that's where they were this week. Tuesday was kind of the, okay, we've give, we've let it rest. We've built up slowly. Let's try it again. And when you keep running into the same problems, at some point you need to find a different solution. And at this point, the only different solution was to finally have the surgery. And Ron Renneke said that that's really something that maybe he hasn't really felt completely right all the way back to the 2018 season where obviously he missed some time there. We all remember the the great finish and closing out the World Series, but he wasn't always right that season. And it's hindsight's 2020, right, Jen? You think back and you, you wonder if he had just had the surgery, you know, last summer, at the end of last summer, last fall, he would be missing a 2020 season, which just more and more feels like a lost season anyway. Um, but you I mean, I don't think it's fair to the team to think about it that way. But as a fan, I feel like you can't help but wonder what could have been. And he could have been pretty much ready to go for 2021. Yeah. You know, from a fan perspective, you know, I think everybody was like is is thinking, why? Why didn't they have this done sooner? But like Chad was saying, there's so many, you know, inherent risks in surgery and, you know, people are going to, you know, poo poo that idea. But a guy like Sale who, you know, doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones to begin with you don't know like putting a guy under under the knife how he's gonna respond and how the ligament's gonna respond is you know guys some guys come back stronger but a lot of guys don't um and so you know this is a surgery that's been done a lot you know so many times in the past and they've they've you know fairly perfected it but at the same time you know things can go wrong and especially um you know with kind of everything that's going you know kind of circulating around in uh in just the baseball world right now you know I think they decided you know let's just do it now but uh but at the same time you know wanted to make sure they tried every you know exhausted every other option and um did you know had had a plan kind of laid out that was this is this is the final final straw basically does this get tricky because a lot of places there's no elective surgeries right now? Um, basically, it's it's come down um, that because of the you know the pandemic and everything. Do they, are they going to have to be careful about how they do this and where they do this and that sort of thing? Was that spoken about at all, Chad? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they talked about that it's that it does complicate it, but they also said they expect it to happen soon. I mean, the reality is, I think some of these guys, you know. James Andrews jumps to mind is these are this is what they do you know that they're they're specialized in this field um and you know surely they're 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 kind of 
doing mostly elective surgeries anyway. So I assume that there's a place where he can go where that that is, you know, what the place does, and and he's not necessarily bumping out someone who's having a uh, having a life saving surgery, and instead Chris Sale is getting a new ligament put in his arm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's slowing it down. You know, you're making sure that he's not standing in the way of someone, but. Uh, but I think they're still going to be able to do it here fairly fairly quickly without uh, without jeopardizing someone else's situation. Yeah, and it probably makes sooner rather than later the more important thing there. I was trying to find data on like ages of Tommy John surgery, and it's tough. Um, he's going to be 32 next spring, so when he comes back, he'll be 32 years old. And I was looking around. Tim Hudson had surgery, Tommy John, when he was 32, and he came back actually 33 into 34 and he would be like the gold standard of of what you can hope for he came back at 34 in 2010 won 17 and 9 was an all-star finished in the top five in the Cy Young then he won 16 games in 2011 16 games in 2012 and he was really great for about three or four years and then really at that point it was it was mid to late 30s and age just kind of caught up with him but there that's exact at least a a positive sign that even though Chris Sale is a little older than a lot of times when you see pitchers go through Tommy John there is at least some evidence that guys his age can still come through this and be very good cuz Jen you think about that contract and this is year 1 of 5 years so he's going to miss He's going to miss all of year one and maybe all of year two, if not most of year two. And then you're looking at those last three years where when you sign the contract, you think, okay, that's the gravy years. But now you're hoping that that's when Chris Sale can give you something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the other thing that you kind of have to think about is, and we talked with Sale about this that, that day that, you know, that final day that we talked to him um, after he had had the, the soreness that precipitated all this, um, was just about, uh, about like, changing you know he he said i i you know people probably always thought this was going to happen to me just because of my throwing motion but it's not like i can change that and that's something i think that'll be curious to kind of watch as he goes through rehab of how he does adjust if he does adjust anything because he's been doing this same sort of you know janky throwing motion with with the arm um that's puts a lot of you know pressure on the elbow um for so long that do you change that? Like, how do you, how do you, you know, uh, how do you rework your kind of like mental mindset around that? So, I mean, is that another factor into all this? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that contract, of course, you know, you can't really, I mean, in hindsight, yes, you know, when they signed it, it was like, oh, that's interesting. You probably should have seen him throw before you gave him five years. <laughs> um, but, uh, but again, you know, um, that's another kind of another hindsight being 2020 that, uh, you have to fall back on. Uh, so yeah, if, if there's so many questions up in the air right now about his status and how he returns, how strong he returns, how he, you know, maybe he, he always has been a power pitcher. Does he become more of a finesse guy and kind of change a little bit of his, his motion? Uh, can he even do that? So yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's just so many different variables at, at, uh, up in the air right now. And you talk about that motion, and, and a lot of that's what kind of makes him as good as he is, too, I think. I mean, the deception that you get from the way he delivers the baseball from the left side, um, you would think that if he changes that and, and the deception's a little different, maybe he's not as effective. But who knows? The stuff's obviously pretty nasty as it is as well. Um, that kind of brings us to, to where this team's at now as far as the rotation goes. You have Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Evaldi, Martin Perez now becomes the number three starter, which I don't think anybody would classify Martin Perez as a number three starter. 
And then, Chad, is it Ryan Weber, the clear four at this point, just because you can only use an opener so much? I think he was the clear four. And I think if, uh, if basically, if the season were starting tomorrow, he would be a clear four. It was interesting last night. Renicky basically said as much. He said, you know, I mean, Weber's looked great this spring, his first three starts. And he said, you know, he was obviously putting himself in a position to take that role. But he also did not name him the number four. I mean, he, he stopped short of saying he is the guy. He basically made it seem what we've known for the past several weeks, that, that he looks like the guy best positioned to take that spot. But uh, but you do wonder if, you notice, if when, they, when these guys come back, I mean, he might still have to show something in whatever they get. Say they get three more weeks of a buildup before the regular season starts. Um, Ryan Weber, I think, will be the the heavy favorite to take the job. But, uh, but you know, there might still be some wiggle room there where they go, well, if it, if it doesn't look quite the same, you know, when they come back from this break, I don't know that he's he's locked into that position. Um, you know, frankly, Brian Johnson hasn't looked bad this spring. Um, he could be another option who could slide in that if you want a real, uh, like an actual starting pitcher in one of those roles and then, and then leave the fifth spot to an opener. Yeah, and then you imagine, uh, you know, you're going to need other guys anyway because you're not going to get through the whole season as far, as long as that season is, and we'll figure that out at some point um, with just those guys. And you'd love the young guys, and you mentioned in your story about Sale, Jen, about the, the young pitchers and the need for this organization to eventually develop young starting pitchers. You have Tanner Houck and Brian Matta, Thad Ward, Darwins and Hernandez, even if they decide to, to move him back into that role. I would think that, you know, you, you're trying to develop these guys and – not getting to pitch until who knows when June or July isn't going to help with with their development. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, the expectation in a normal season was that some of those guys, especially you know, Hauk and Amada, would be ready. You know, maybe September call-ups are obviously you know the beginning of of twenty twenty one. But now that they're not going to have as many starts under their belt um, for a regular season, how does that affect them? Um, and they'll they'll continue to try to do their stuff on the side, but obviously being in games is you know the what you need the most. Um, so getting that experience might set them back too. So I mean you know th- there's a trickle down effect to so many different things you don't really think about. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, that'll be something else we have to kind of keep an eye on and. You know, towards the end of spring, in the beginning of spring and over the winter, Darwin's and Hernandez was, you know, only going to be a reliever, only going to be a reliever. And then so he started pitching a little better and they obviously had some more openings in their rotation. And so they started to stretch him out a bit. And I think he pitched um, about three innings or so in one of his final um, outings before, you know, camp uh was canceled more or less um and 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 ron renicky was asked about you know is he going to be stretched out in the future and renicky kind of said that that you know it was a possibility they were still going to relieve keep him as a reliever but they would consider stretching him out because they did like you know what they had been seeing from him and just the maturity that he was able to you know the initial thought was that he couldn't get through you know uh i'll line up more than once but that he had sort of shown some maturity that he that he'd started to do be able to do that so is that something that's kind of on the horizon too especially with this break and you know things he can work on i don't know um but uh but that's something else that that they'll i'm sure be keeping an eye on as well and and the red sox have been saying for a while that they felt like they're getting better at the the development of starting pitchers you know obviously they've had a long gap since they developed a guy and you know, some of that is uh, is circumstance. I mean, they've traded away some guys who have, have started in other organizations. And also when you're, 
you know, a, trying to be a contending team every year, a guy like Matt Barnes, who maybe could have developed into like a back end starter, you need him in the bullpen, so he goes there. You know, it, it's they they have lost some, but they've but they they think they have missed the mark a few times, and some of it was maybe they they were they were drafting based on uh, some things they thought were indicative of of what would make a guy into a major league starting pitcher, and they might have been wrong about those in terms of you know some body type and mechanic stuff, but. But they they felt for a while that they're getting better at it, and and they're going to have to show that now. I mean, they they need someone in this group of whether it's Tanner Houck or uh, or Brian Mata or Thad Ward or, or or you know Kyle Hart, or if it is at some point they stretch out Darwinson Hernandez, that they're going to have to at some point here, you know, really get a starting pitcher in there who can be effective. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be John Lester, but it needs to be someone who can at least fill a role in the rotation. Um, because I just th- that part's going to be pretty unsustainable if going forward they keep having to build a rotation this way where they they're they're only able to get starters by signing them out of free agency or or giving up a ton of prospects to trade for one. Um, they they need they they think they're getting better and they think they've made some some significant strides in in the development and the acquisition of of young starting pitchers and that's going to have to start to show and and actually pay off. Yeah, because we've seen when you sign free agents for big money on the pitching side, you're generally not even getting the best of them. Look at David Price. You know that clearly the his best days were behind him, but the Red Sox were paying him all of this money, um, and then they did get Sale in his prime, but that was via trade. And and speaking of guys, they did develop Michael Kopech was probably going to be one of those guys, and you can't fault them for yeah. giving him up for Chris Sale. But uh, he had Tommy John last year, but he's back and he looks like he's on his way to being maybe a number two type starter for the White Sox. So that that's a guy they were able to do, to get going. Um, they didn't finish the produ- the process, but they got it going, and we'll see how those other guys go. That's going to be a big storyline, I think, going on for years here for the Red Sox over the next couple of seasons if they can do it. Am I missing anything here as we put a, a bow on this podcast, guys? I can't think of anything else. I mean, there's a lot of other things, but <laughs> but none that, we, none that we have answers to. And we can talk <laughs> – we can talk more about Jen yelling at people on a conference. That's call. always good. We could go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. Just, I mean, that's just good content. I wonder if anybody was recording. Is that audio out there somewhere? I don't Probably. know. I wasn't recording I w- at that point. I, I mean, I was, but I'm not sharing it with anybody, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Old Town Podcast. For Chad Jennings and and Jen McCaffrey, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back early next week. We're hoping to have a guest on on Monday, so stay tuned for that one. We'll talk to you again soon.